and welcome to Frock Flicks, the costume movie podcast. Extravaganza. Indeed. I'm your host, Tristan L. Bass, and I'm here with... Kendra Van Cleve. And... Sarah Lorraine. And our movie for today is Vanity Fair. And uh, yes, we realize it's been a little uh, a while since our last podcast, but you're just going to have to deal with that. So anyway, let's start off by a little background about this movie. And this is the version starring Reese Witherspoon as Becky Sharp and directed by Mara... Mira Nair. Mira Nair. Right. So the movie came out in 2004 and it is directed by Mira Nair, who is an Indian-born uh, director. And she was famous before that for having done Monsoon Wedding. Um, the book itself by William Thackeray was, um, it was published in 1847, but it's set in the, uh, Regency era. Um, and Thackeray was born in Calcutta and there are little bits and pieces throughout the book. Um, if you read it, that reference India and, you know, the whole colonial British empire. So Mira Nair became interested in the project um, and obviously took her spin and really heightened those um, aspects. Um, basically, she yeah, she had loved the book when she was in school. She went to an Irish Catholic boarding school in India. And she says that she remembered the interwoven stories of Becky Sharp, the main character, and Amelia as a sort of 19th century mean girls, which I thought was kind of cute. <laughs> um, and she was really interested in sort of making um, a big multi-layered movie, but also really focusing on, um, there's a quote at the very beginning of the book that Thackeray, I don't know if it's a quote or if it's something that he's written, but basically kind of on just inside the title page, he writes these words, um, which of us is happy in this world? Which of us has his desire or having it is satisfied? So it's all about Hmm. what you really want, desire what you really want, and then are you really happy once you Mm -hmm. get it? Mm -hmm. I will say no. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of experience here. Yes. Right. You're always unhappy once you get what you want. Okay. Good to and, know. And Becky is, is posited as an anti-heroine by oh, Thackeray, yeah. both in, in the book and definitely in the movie. I, mm-hmm. I would say more so in the book, but we can get into that. Um, so talking about the costumes, they're designed by Beatrix, I assume the last name is Pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, she's Hungarian. Um, and she actually hadn't done any period films before um, this. Uh, so this was her first one. And um, uh, she, I'm sorry, suddenly <laughs> girls next to me are pointing at pictures of Jonathan Reese Myers and getting very excited. Sorry about that. Actually, I was looking at the trim on his neckline in this okay. photo. It's a little wonky. Okay. Uh-oh. But well. Tristan was was petting well. Jonathan Reese Okay. Myers. There's some hotness. So we'll get to that. As per Continue. usual, Nair uh, is quoted as saying that she wanted Vanity Fair to be as far from a frock movie as possible. Um, which is, you know, her. What is that? <laughs> that, is like, that is the theme since like the 90s. Yeah, I yeah nobody wants a costume drama. Nobody wants to make the, the, the masterpiece theater version. Yeah. Right, right, right. Dorks. So um, she, they, she talks about the um, costume designer, Pastor, talks a lot about um, pulling bits out of the novel because Thackeray um, does a lot of description of the costumes and trying to pull those bits out. Some particular things that she added, um, obviously working with Nair to create the vision, um, she particularly made the the clothes particularly small on the characters, um, because as she put it, I think it gives people character. So all the actors were wearing a little bit tighter clothes than they should, because this changes the proportion and the look. Can I I interject something here? Because when I was watching the movie, I was thinking, dang, everything fit really well. For, like, the first time, I'm seeing a lot of, like, perfectly fitted silhouettes. And, you know, maybe in the modern eye, the modern costumer is like, oh, let's take out the eight inches of ease. I mean, (laughs) then it'll look really small. But, you know, to somebody who actually works in, you know, with that genre of historical costuming, the, the idea that... You know, clothes fitting tightly and having like a half an inch of ease or something like that. That's how a properly fitted silhouette should be. So for, for I, that era. So definitely. she may have tried to be like all you know, you know, avant garde or something yeah. by making them purposefully small, but in reality they look really well fitted for the era. Definitely. Right. right. So continue. Sure. So another thing <laughs> um, obvious to anyone who has seen this movie is how much the costumes are. Um, given an Indian tone, they're mm-hmm. using bright jeweled tones and sari fabrics and all of that, including on the men. Um, she talks about how the influence of India is throughout the film. Um, they wanted very strong Indian colors all the way through, um, but also mixing in the muted English style. Um, and she talks about taking liberties with the decoration. 
one thing that they um, that Pastor really wanted um, was layering, and you see that throughout the film, um, and it's all a reference about how people are hiding behind facades. So the costumes are multi layers, and um, uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, the, what I'm referencing, I should mention, and we'll talk more about it, is there's a book on the film. And Bob Hoskins was talking about how he had about 15 waistcoats on and then more neckties. And then there's just more and more going on. And suddenly I had no neck left. Um, <laughs> so uh, definitely you see a lot of that going on. Which I think is totally hot. Mm-hmm. I totally love that like built up neckline, especially of like the Regency period where it's just like you're kind of like being swallowed by your collar. Oh, I love the big collars on Regency yes. and men. But then, then lots of the, you know, like the cravats and then, mm-hmm. you know, the, the neck sure. stuff on guys. It's just very sexy. So sure. I get two thumbs up over here. <laughs> uh, they talked about how difficult it was to get costumes from costume houses, but they found, um, for I assume probably most, uh, not the principals, mm-hmm. but um, they did find a costume house in Paris. Um, and that, you know, again, as per usual for the last 20 years, that um, Mira Nair was pushing the, the costume designer to go more towards Vivian Westwood and uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier rather than going uh, traditional. Okay, costume <laughs> designers, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, it's overdone. Okay, yeah. let's let's be different. Let's try to actually do things as they actually did back in the day and then, like, surprise us all. Just to say, that would actually be novel. Yeah, Not to it say would. That, that we have a problem with this in this movie, but, you know. And I love Vivian Westwood and Gautier. Uh, yeah, sure, yes, sure, Vivian Westwood wrong. is a goddess and Gautier is a genius, but let's just, let's be honest here. The whole, like, we're trying to push it away from the historical styles because that will be quote-unquote boring. Mm-hmm. It's overdone. Right. Anyway, I'm done now. So the um, hairstylist um, also worked on Shakar Kapoor's Elizabeth, which oh, is interesting. Very interesting. Um, and she talks about how the bigger, bolder, brighter aspect of the work comes from Mira. Um, and that that's really uh, the direction that Mira likes to go in. Um, and she talks a lot about um, the how the hairstyles are really pumped up beyond, obviously, what is historically accurate to create an interesting um, to look, I think, obviously, to match what's going on with the costumes. Um, and how she kind of tried to base things on um, period hairstyles like the Apollo knot, which comes in in the Regency era mm-hmm. and then really obviously takes off in the 1830s. But they added a lot to it. And in fact, a lot of the later hairstyles do look very 1830s. Um, Also, they used a lot of wigs and they wanted people to see that um, as actually not uh, Mm -hmm. as not supposed to be somebody's hair, but they're wearing a wig. So they purposefully have a scene where um, Eileen Atkins, um, who plays the sort of older dowager lady, pulls off her wig and is scratching her head so that you can see how that really works. And I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I did like that. I, she yeah. just pops her head, you know, her hair off, and I was like, okay, that's awesome. And then, of course, all the bad wigs. Right, especially on oh, Bob Hoskins' character. His wig mm-hmm. is, he's pulling it front and back a little bit. Yeah. And another another character, I think, pulls it back for yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Son, yeah. yeah, it was really it was really kind of a nice use of, like, wigs for, you know, wigs for wig's sake. I mean, yes. And that's the thing, mm-hmm. like, by the time, you know, this late in the, uh, in, in the wig era right before wigs become kind of obsolete completely. Right. It's like they're completely obviously wigs. They're like kind of like a pseudo hat at yes, this point. You know, you definitely. can take them off and hang them on a And a lot of times <laughs> it is the older characters who are wearing mm-hmm. the wigs, and it's very obvious mm-hmm. that they're wearing wigs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to make a point of having these older, fussy characters wearing these kind of obnoxious wigs that get in the way and, and do things mm-hmm. of their own accord. The wigs do. Right. But <laughs> I also think... a point. Mm-hmm. And those old, I think the the really ratty wigs on uh, Sir Pitt Crawley and his, I assume, um, his butler or whoever, mm-hmm. the, the character. I mean, these are ratty dogs. Yeah. And I think that's also to show yeah. how, how far they, they've gone to seed. Yes. You know, True. I mean, that they've got this disgusting wig that they probably had since 1780 and they're still slapping it on their head mm-hmm. and it looks like crap. Right. I loved it. I thought yeah, that was, it was hilarious. That was cute. Yeah, hilarious. yeah. I mean, that's one of the great things I think about this movie, as far as costume goes, is that everything is very well chosen to make a point in the story. Right. It's Every- not just weird to be weird. Yes. Yeah. Everything kind of advances, like the character or the storyline. I mean, it's a very effective use of costuming. That's definitely. Totally. Definitely. So if you're gonna do it that, if you're gonna like go wild and crazy and do it different, like yeah. go that way rather than just randomly. She's yeah. wearing pleather. Why? I don't know. <laughs> and there are yeah, lots please. of references in the story to India, going to India, the characters, the, the soldier characters, um, going to India, being stationed in India, things like that. So 
the references come across and the fact it's justified that yeah. you see these lots of sari fabrics and and what I loved is that the sari fabrics are used, but they're not. It's not glaringly. Hi, I'm wearing a sari. It's very subtle sometimes. There is um, Amelia when she is uh, kind of down on her luck. You know, she has the she has the boy. Um, she's in the little cottage. She's kind of grubbing about for. She's in the garden and stuff. She's wearing a kind of muted sari print mm-hmm. in 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 the dress. And if you look closely, you can see that. And just because I'm a huge fan of sari fabrics, I was like, that immediately called out to me. But it also didn't scream out as big, bold, sari, mm-hmm. you know, gold, gaudy, paisley. With the big border trend. No, I wanna, it was just yeah. this subtle little thing. Mm-hmm. And it was and that's that was a sign of how it was carried throughout mm-hmm. the movie, woven through. Very but not everything had hit you over right. the head. Again, it's yeah. suiting the character, the what's going on. I wanted, to, I wanted to make like a correlation here because I, I remember when um, Sense and Sensibility came out, the Emma Thompson Sense and Sensibility, um, that that was something that they were kind of trying to do. They were trying to bring in this sort of like Indian-esque quality to it with like the the peacock colors and the things like that and i thought it was far less effective in Mm -hmm. in sense and sensibility just kind of as a general i never caught an indian influence really no i swear to god no no i swear to god it was like i believe you it was was, i didn't notice they were trying to go for like a um a less i guess less regency color palette i don't know Mm -hmm. but you know how they had all the teal blues and they Mm -hmm. had like i don't know they had they had a, a lot of different color selections that were Indian print gowns and things like that that were, um, you know, pretty... It hadn't been seen in kind of Austin-type movies at that point. But Vanity Fair, however, I wanted to say that this is something that always struck me about it, not just because I've had a little bit to drink and I'm making stuff up right now. Um, (laughs) Well, maybe. I'm not. I swear on Janet Arnold. (laughs) Inside joke. Uh, (laughs) Which you may or may not ever get to know about. I may post it on LiveJournal someday, but I... All right, make your point, make your point. See, see... Kendra hasn't been drinking. The first time I have. But you're you're going on, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, but yeah, like when when um, Vanity Fair came about and was put out, and it was a very like heavy Bollywood kind of you know flavored movie. Mm-hmm. It was like it made sense that whole like yeah. the color palette and the choice of the saris and everything, and then how it tied into India and how it was referenced right. with the whole like colonization at the time period. I mean, it made sense. So and and I'm I think saying. and Nair talked a lot about and. Um, how much um, back and forth there was between mm. India and mm-hmm. England. And right. it's not to say that we're arguing that this is a period accurate view of England at the time. Right. She's picking out a thread and really heightening it. Certainly. But I think she's doing it in a very interesting way, in a very effective way. And yeah. yeah. And I don't think yeah. it hits you over the head. It's not, it's not like... It hits uh, you over the head, but not in a bad way. I mean, it's, it's big. It's it's you can't miss it's it. It's dark. I mean, certainly, it's not what I loved about it. Is at least it hit my my personal sense color sensibilities. Sure, because a lot of the you know the Jane Austen era Regency movies are just these White. pale. Yeah. Pansy little white cotton. You know, everyone looks all washed out. Yet again, and, and Tristan pregnant. hates the Regency. I do. I hate. I cannot stand the Regency with a passion that just does not die. But this movie, the heat of many suns. This this movie, you know, you had all these dark colors, these rich colors. Um, you also had the layering, which you ta- mm-hmm, it was right. kind of talked about that there was intentional trying to show, you know, um, in in the movie how people are hiding behind many layers in character. But that's all. That is actually accurate. I mean, the mm-hmm. Regency era does have a lot of opportunity for layering in clothing. They did do a lot of layered look, especially menswear. Right. Well, and even in the yeah. women's, you have those uh, those half tunics sure. and those those jackets and, and the dickies things. and the neck exactly yeah, and all the things. these yeah. things going over those. But in so many mm-hmm. Austin movies, especially especially, and I don't mean to pick on those, but I'm going to anyway. I do mean <laughs> to pick on those because there's so many of them, and they're easy to pick on. Um, you just see this basic, straight, boring, white gown, and that's it. Boring to you, but But, yes. but that's it. Fabulous I mean, to some other it's people. It's simple. It's plain. <laughs> it's just, it, that's it. That's all you get. And maybe you get a little Spencer. Ooh, ooh. But <laughs> here you get a dress and a half gown and a Spencer and some kind of scarf and maybe some gloves and, a, and you know, in, in some little wrappy thing around the neck and... And then there's some things, some ruffly things around the wrist that are like made from peacock feathers. Jewelry. And, and the yeah. jewelry and the and hats the hair, and, and the, the hair, hair and all of that. And it's, instead of just a plain dress and maybe a bonnet. 
can I can I interject something? Um, I'm raising my hand here. Uh, <laughs> she is because sometimes you have to, you know. Um, <laughs> to butt in on, but but I, said I, I wasn't going to talk much. I suck. you lied. <laughs> I did. Tristan lied. Um, so what I was what I was going to just kind of say that to recap it for me um, is that the Indian whole you know thing in in Vanity Fair made sense as kind of a stylistic and character you know plot advancer kind of a thing whereas you know if in any other modern movie where it's been done I just looked over at the cat it's, we're in Tristan's <laughs> living room right now we're, we're live from Tristan's living room the cat's being a bunny rabbit. yeah he's very cute anyways but the whole thing with um you know, like like modern movies and just kind of like, oh, we're going to randomly throw like this Bollywood space age, yeah. you know, glam like rock. Setting Shakespeare in, in cowboy Western America. Right, right. It's just completely you know. random. But in this, in this movie, it totally made sense and it worked and it was yeah. great. And, you know, the costumer, um, whether or not, you know, she was trying to be intentionally, you know, different by making things tighter or making things, you know, Indian or whatever, um, it worked and and good for her. And so people yeah. who are paying attention, you know, will like this movie because of that. That's all I'm saying. They achieved their purpose. <laughs> Definitely. And it had a purpose. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank it wasn't you. just, again, random. going back to being random for being random sake. Mm-hmm. Oh, we wanted to do something Achieve. different, so we went Vivian yeah. Westwood right. for no purpose. Well, why are you being Vivian Westwood? Right. Yeah, yeah. Or setting exactly. Hamlet in, you know, the year 2004, you know. Which I, would be awesome. I have, have seen King Lear set yeah. in the Old West. It was bad. Yeah. Really? In a play. Uh, it was bad. The the, um, yeah. the the soldiers were Canadian Mounties. It was bad. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I had a, my sister was in a um, thing of a... Uh, it was Midsummer Night's Dream. She was in the play of Midsummer Night's Dream, and it was set in like 1950s Athens, Georgia, and it was wow. really good, right. actually. I and had, the carnival I had came some to friends town. Friends who did a uh, King Lear yeah. in as punk, you know, it oh, was so that it, could, that could it kind of worked, work. but it kind of right. worked. But you know, they, that's because Hamlet would have been better as like goth or yeah, something. See, like that. But you have to really <laughs> anyway. fit the the mm-hmm. the message with you know with the the genre with the with the feeling with the style. To just randomly pick, you know, A and B and say, "Whoa, we're going to put them together. Uh, not so much. You know, I would this... like to see a cowboy version of, like, um, Vanity Fair. That would be, <laughs> that would be edgy. That would be edgy I'll and original. <laughs> yeah, not so much. And I would snark the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, were there any uh, costume choices that totally didn't work? I don't know if it didn't work. There were things I didn't like as much. Right. So when they're in Brussels and it's the big climactic ballroom scene as a plane goes by. Um, (laughs) uh, Sorry, not in the movie, in real life. (laughs) That was a little anachronistic. Right. Anyway, um, the dress didn't work for me. I got what they were trying to achieve, but especially it was the sparkly one. Yeah, it was like the weird, like, Spain. It wasn't even Spain. They were like sequins. They were like big, big sequins, and it just looked, it read very, like, 1960s Las Vegas to me. Yeah. So that wasn't my favorite. Oh, that was weird because, like, the belly dancing scene, you know, and I was like, totally like, oh my God, I've belly danced to that song before. It was totally. I would say, though, the belly dancing scene to me was jarring. Mm-hmm. It, because it was very much a modern uh, cabaret belly dance thing plopped into the middle of this yeah. movie, and but it was Bollywood, and that was kind of their to defend on. Mira Nair, or at least yeah. explain what she was going for. There are references in the book to the aristocratic women in England uh, performing scenes from uh, Arabian Nights, and so she took that and again pumped it up yeah. and made it Indian and decided to go Bollywood with it. And yeah. I love the scene; I think it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I find it totally weird. And for me, it's to go from whether or not it's an artistically interpreted, but still, it's still a period milieu. To suddenly the Countess of Blotty Blah is is wearing um, you know, basically totally and like Yeah, and yeah, showing her complete yeah, midriff no. and then saying, Oh, mm-hmm. but precedence. It's like, yeah, but you're showing your belly button, so you're a whore, so get yeah. over it. You know, it just wouldn't happen. I still yeah. actually I think I mean if I step out of out of the period thing, I think it's a fabulous scene. Yeah, I mean if they had gone for a even made some vague attempt at a nineteenth century Arabic costume right that would have been better what i did like about that scene was how half the people in the audience particularly the women were horrified mm-hmm. and all the right. men were like Ooh, the men were just yeah. leering. How intriguing the men, the men were leering let's just right. face it they were just like yeah. oh baby and the women were horrified which is what would have happened yeah sure so they still mean, would happen in fact actually a belly danced in in front of audiences were very much like that where the men are all like on the you know edge of their seats and the women are just like you bitch you but, know you know especially though in that setting you know in front of the was it prince regent or was the king of he was the king at that point so 
Yeah, it would have been horrifying. I would have just liked if it was at least made the tiniest bit more of a concession to the era as opposed to being this totally modern cabaret belly dance scene and just kind of boom. And it's a totally cabaret song, too, because I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, that was the only one that really bugged mm, me. He's an Arabic pop star. I'm trying to remember his name. I can't remember yeah. for the life of me. But well, anyway, It's on IMDb, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anything Hakeem else that um, yeah. really stood out for think, good or bad, actually? Um, none of us liked, oh, uh, Dobbin's hair at the end. When his, uh, Sarah put <laughs> oh, in his oh. man bob. Oh, 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 the man bob, yes. <laughs> yeah. Prince no, it just wasn't hair. attractive. But no, let's no. talk about the boys. Okay, the boys. Let's, let's talk yes. about the boys. All about we the like boys. the boys. We love the boys. And here is the portion where we go off. Yes, uh, yeah. it's the traditional portion of the, the podcast. Where we talk um, about the boys the in boys. costume. Because we're determined to convince men across the world that men in costume okay. are hot. Men in silk taffeta. Hot. Hotness. Hotness. And I know hot. it's preposterous to have a military have you, uniform made out of silk taffeta. Yes. Hotness. Have you ever have you ever hotness. touched a man's like arm encased in silk taffeta? It is the hottest thing ever. Right. It's so hot. I haven't. I think I need to work on that. Yeah, I okay. have to say that um, James Purefoy and Jonathan Reese Myers just so do it for me in this movie, but yeah, really I'm weird. on the James Purefoy camp. Mm-hmm. They're in a different yeah. camp. You know, so. and I generally do not. I can't say I hate Jonathan Rhys Myers, but I have to say that, like in a, in general, Jonathan Rhys Myers tends to creep me out more than he tends to like make me want him. But in this movie, I was like, okay. The second I he would walked on screen, she said, <laughs> "Yes." I'll just tell you that he's he's one of those guys that I always think, yeah, I don't really like him that much until I see him in a movie, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I, the, I want. Okay, the, okay, but the hairstyles, the faux hawk. The he was he really was working it and yeah it, and, and, and he's got the pouty the swagger the sulky swagger oh, I still don't see oh. how he could be Henry the Eighth no I don't no. see that I will say he except that he's a jerk except that he can play a jerk oh, he, well that's all he plays that's so not even, so that's he like could be a good jerky Henry the Eighth because Henry the Eighth is a big jerk so I could see that kind of sort of it's a yeah but you know five foot four versus six foot three I don't know I know I know but one thing that was great cost to bring it back to the costumes again not Henry the Eighth again the uniforms. Um, men in uniforms uh, always, always works. Always, always a good thing. works. And also, um, I have to say, as much as I hate Regency costuming, I love men in Regency costumes. Oh yes, costumes. aren't they the hottest things ever? Like those, <gasps> those trench coat things, those like long coats. The, like, no, it's oh, real. the crazy <laughs> yes. little. The, the jackets that end uh, like way up high and I, the braid stupid, but it's awesome the braid and the embroidery the collars. And, the collars. And, the collars. and the collars and the collars oh my god oh, and the breeches and the uh, tight pants yes. and the tight boots I have to say every time I what, god, what is it I think it is it Pride and Prejudice? Every time I watch Pride and Prejudice, I'm struck by Mr. Darcy and his package. Hello. Yes. <laughs> and picturing picturing being this nice little sweet Jane Austen right. heroine. And there's this great bulge. Hello. There's a package over there. Woo. Are you just... proud of your package? Because it prejudices me towards you. Can you. Always tell, you can always tell, like, you know, what side he's been dressing on. I swear to God. I, I don't think that I watched, I watched Mr. Darcy's crotch, guys. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. And, I know, I, and I know you do, too. You do, too. And that's why I love the jackets are up so high. To show it And their off. pants are so tight. And it's just like, high. Nothing to the imagination. Nothing to the imagination. No, it's all about the... Tight the, trousers. The, the, the crotchal region, you so, know? So now... Now that, that we've alienated our male listenership. Yeah, do we well, have any male? Probably not. Okay, no, never okay. mind. But really, that's what the Regency is all about. I don't... Uh, if if I if if I'm forced to, I'll wear the stupid Empire waist dresses just so I can see the men in those hot tight pants. <laughs> but if we could add the silk taffeta element out of Vanity Fair, I think we'd be really happy. Sure. Yeah. And the stripy jackets, lo- men Ooh. in lots oh, of stripy yes. jackets with big collars, yeah, the big, the big collars. I, oh, I love that. And so. again with stripy the jackets and oh, layering. Yeah, yeah. yeah the layering. they would have the high. Jacket and the long waistcoat, and then they'd also have another then, waistcoat that was open yeah, on top, yes, and then a jacket, layering, yeah. and then the high pants, and oh. then the tall boots up oh, to there. Rodden in his over the knee boot, oh. Oh. lounging on the settee. Oh, oh my god, yes, yeah, we were all like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> seriously, hot, seriously. <laughs> Those are some layers you want to imagine stripping off. Yes, I'd take his boots off. Hi. With my teeth. Oh, yes, yeah. I would. I would lick, I would lick the boots first, and then I would lick them off. <laughs> this is 
what we just talk about when we watch these it really movies. I want you all to know. You're, you're getting the real yeah, snapshot. It really sure. is. Yes. Yeah. I mean. Unedited. The men, the men are There's no way you could edit all this stuff out because you would have a podcast like five minutes yeah, long. Yeah, we'd get past like, you know, Tristan Bass, Kendra Van Cleve, and Sarah Lorraine and it'd be done. And then there'd be, <laughs> and check out these books. <laughs> <laughs> For yeah. costume porn. <laughs> yeah. No. Talking about the women's costuming, it's mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, there's definitely a Boring. sort of a... <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> no, no, this was better. This was better. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was just saying because we're all like, you know, comparison. Wear, yeah, and I'm comparison. not excited for some reason for women's wear right now, but that's okay. Oh, uh, well, I think there's definitely a journey over the film, and obviously mostly you're looking at Reese Witherspoon, and one of the most important things to know about this film, obviously, is that she, the actress, Reese Witherspoon, yes. was pregnant through the oh, whole yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah. And so they, they planned the s- filming around... That they so added. It's not more... just let, that the Regency stuff makes you look pregnant, it's that she actually was. Right. And you can and... tell. You can tell. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but they. Some scenes more than others, yeah. Right. Well, and they, they tried to plan it so that, you know, they shot the, the key scenes where she was, you know, smaller and then as she yeah. got bigger. And then they wrote more pregnancy scenes into. Um, the the script than there originally were no. um, because she does get pregnant in the book so that was yeah. present in the yeah. thing and they talk a lot about that they didn't want it to be a movie of talking heads they wanted movement yeah. and all that kind of thing so they did a lot of stuff where she's holding things no. or there's somebody a car- in front of a her. carriage cuts by at the yeah. right time or a, a child is standing in front of her yeah. so that was interesting but mm-hmm. there's definitely scenes you can you can spot it in. Um, but I think it's interesting to just to watch. I mean, in the beginning, we were all kind of snarking her hair being down. But I think yeah. that's to show that she's yeah. younger. She's young I actually particularly like the dresses in yeah. the in the early scenes because yeah. later they get so over the top. And they start to go into the stand-up collars, which get yeah. a little too much. Yeah. Although that is kind of that Renaissance look yeah. that came in in the 1820s. I really, really, really like those. Yeah. I thought those were cool. And mm-hmm. I just think there were some really great details. And this is one of those movies that... You know, if you want to watch, if, if you like this era, um, or if you're interested in this era, but you're tired of the plain white muslin dresses, um, this would be a great one Heaven to just watch with, you know, the pause button a lot, or maybe do a bunch of screen caps, because some of these dresses have so much detail, and mm-hmm. you'll catch a sleeve, and it has just these, you know, 15 different kinds of puffs and doodly deeds and stuff. And and like I, I mentioned briefly, there's, uh, someone is wearing a cuff with um, peacock feathers on it. Mm-hmm. And um, if you look closely, you can see all these different colors in there that just really provide a real richness. And and there are a lot of use of feathers, actually. There's feather mm-hmm. collars as well. And um, plus there's all this crap in their hair. And it, and it just, it's a lot of detail that, again, well, having watched a lot of these Jane Austen movies and, man... They get so dull. It's it's like oh we're poor as church mice and we have nothing and we wear plain white muslin all the time. Blah blah blah. And the only people mm. who ever wear anything fancy are the bad girls. You know the the evil uh, you know sisters who are trying to take you know everything away and or the you know Catherine the Bur- Lady Catherine de Burr right who was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I was like uh, dude that's Catherine and they're like yeah whatever and I'm like no really that's Lady Catherine de Burr. But, but frequently you know it, those the, the dark colors are used to typecast um, the the bad characters or the negative characters. Right. But in this movie, everyone is in this dark. Well, and I don't think that that influences our vision of the Regency, and that's not to say that they weren't into light colors in the Regency. But I think that. Um, that's definitely something that's been a, a directional choice in a lot of these Austin adaptations. And I think it's colored our vision to make it a little bit more that everybody was wearing white cotton. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's become I'm, kind of this trend. Well, I think, I think what was interesting when you're talking about like, you know, the, the good, everybody's in white cotton and everything. Right. Um, well, that one scene at the, uh, the party at the Mar- Marquis house, Marquis, yeah. whatever he, um, with all of his wife and his his sister or daughters in law and everything, yeah. and you know everybody's in like the white gown with the red, you know, right red, over red the gloves, gloves. yeah, and, and, and everything. And she's sashes. in black, yeah. you know, like Becky's in black, and yeah. it's kind of like it. And this was an interesting thing because now it's like kind of gelling for me right now. Mm-hmm. Gone with the Wind was supposedly based on Vanity Fair, <laughs> so well, the character, the character I, Becky the Shark was yeah. Scarlett, Scarlett O'Hara. 
But that's the exact same sort of thing when Scarlett goes to um, Melody's birthday party towards the end of Gone with the Wind, and she's dressed in this garnet dress, the, the red, red garnet dress. dress. Yeah. It's red velvet. It's fabulous. And everybody's yeah. all, you know, very prim and proper, and she walks in with this just amazingly right. slutty dress. And yeah. has to carry it off. And has yeah. to carry it. Well, it was because Rhett forced her to wear it. Right. Mm-hmm. To, you know, because she got caught, whatever. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, we were going to do Gone with the Wind <laughs> for this podcast, and we're like, four hours, maybe not. <laughs> It'll happen. Just yeah. 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 But, but no, it, it's, it's that similar sort of concept with this whole scene where all yeah. the girls, you know, the, the rich society women are all wearing, you know, white and, mm-hmm. and Becky is wearing black and it's sort of that juxtaposition of like, you know, what's traditionally considered a good color versus a bad color, but who's your heroine and, you know. Well, although of course Becky is the anti-heroine. Exactly. Right. Well, and, and those... You know, I think she comes off a lot more sympathetic in this film than she does in the book. I haven't read mm-hmm. much of the book, but... I've you know. read the book and that, I mean, yeah. that's something yeah. a lot of people objected to. They definitely mm-hmm. give Becky a heart in the film that yeah. she doesn't have in the book. Yeah. In the book, she is conniving she doesn't care when Rodden dies. She doesn't right. care about all the stuff. She is all out for number one. Um, uh, but I really like it, and I think it's not so much like a cheesy reinterpretation, or I hate things where they um, go back and give someone like a feminist consciousness when yeah. they didn't have one, yeah. etc. Um, because people are products of their era, and that's, you know, be true to that. Mm-hmm. Um, show the strictures they, they worked within and their mental mindset. But what I do think is that it goes beyond Becky being one note. Cause she, right. I don't know if she's one note in the book, but, I mean, she really isn't a, a fleshed out person. She's just, right. she's all about the conniving. She's all about number one. He's so hot. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I'm just getting yeah. all over the root Jonathan Reese Myers thing. I don't know, this yeah. movie may have converted me to the Jonathan Reese Myers thing. <laughs> But um, what's his face? This guy, what's his name? Dobbins. Dobbins. He was cute. Ifan? I can never pronounce his name. Oh, that's him. Name. Yeah, Ifan, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, he, yeah, he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, does, he does the noble, yeah. the yeah. noble, good, you know, tortured. Oh, he's yeah. so tortured. And I love and the I outfits know. that they put, um, what is his, uh, Joss. Joss in, yeah. Yes. Um, the, yeah. The big guy. Because uh, he, he really wears... Um, really kind of what the dandy of the era would wear mm-hmm. because oh, he's yeah. got the most, yeah. he's got the biggest collars, he's got the highest waistcoat, even though he's a big guy, so that really ex- accentuates his, yeah. his girth and everything. And and he wears the... Um, you said the, girth. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> the, I'm shaking my head. He, he has, See, she's not drunk, she can't do He this. has <laughs> the, the common, I'm just barreling through here. Um, he Go has the it. combination of fabrics, like so he'll wear a stripe with a print, with some other print and, 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 and these five different colors in one outfit. And he's really, he's going for it. And that's, I love to see that. And he's, it, I mean, he's supposed to be a little bit of a buffoon, but he's also a really sweet guy. And you know he he mm-hmm. you know he's he's What's after Becky like in the, the beginning book? and he in, and he is in the, the book he's even more of a buffoon. Yeah. I mean he's really although but it's very interesting what you're talking about about him being a dandy because in the book it's heightened even more yeah. that he is all about seeming to be um, noble and dashing and all these right. kinds of things and I think also probably cutting edge and fashionable right. that although I'm, I don't quite remember exactly but like one of the big things is when they go to. Brussels um, for the war, he goes along with them Mm -hmm. and he's all very, oh, well, I would be, you know, I'm going to fight, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. But then when it comes down to it, he's a coward. So he's all about. um, He's the bluster. He's the bluster, exactly. Yeah. And and that certainly carries through in his costume. And and he just makes him fascinating to look at because, you know, while he is, and he's not the the typical, you know, good looking hot guy, he's just, he's fascinating from a costume point of view. Sure. And and I love looking what he's wearing and and he's, and he's just an interesting character. So it's like, ooh, what's he, what are they going to put him in next? Oh, neat. That's great. And I also wonder, and I need to look it up, is he the same guy who played um, the, the, the mass, grandmaster kind of character in Moulin Rouge? Looks, I think you're right. I, I think he, he totally is. looks like right. he is. But now, another great. character to talk about who's only in there for a short bit, and I'm forgetting her name, is the rich heiress that um, Dad wants to marry George Ooh. off to, George the, Osborne the off to. The one from Jamaica? The one from oh, Jamaica, yeah, 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 right. yeah, 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 yeah. And Mira Nair uh, talks in the Schwartz book about, yes. Rhoda Schwartz. Rhoda Schwartz, but that was the character's name, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and Mira Nair talks in the, the book about the film yeah. about... Catherine um, Drysdale. About wanting her to be the most, um, her costume to be the most elaborate uh, mm-hmm. in the film. And I think mm-hmm. that that definitely carries through, although she's mm-hmm. all in white, so yeah. in some ways it doesn't mm-hmm. jump out at you as much, yeah. but if you look at it up close, 
um, the the richness of the mm-hmm. the gold and the jewelry and all those kinds of things. And her hair is fabulous. Yeah. Oh God, her hair is. Yeah, so and gorgeous. it says here the little quote that says here was in a perverse way says Nair, I wanted Rhoda to be the most beautiful woman in the film. The dress she wore in the scene was the fifth costume designed for her, and the one which I finally approved. So yeah, she <laughs> was. Five yeah, on this on yeah. on screen for like five minutes. Yeah, and definitely. she's got the most fabulous outfit. And the best but hair. it's also a crucial moment too mm-hmm. because when uh, you know the father is trying to set. Um, George George right. up with her he rejects her and you know because I'm not going to go with what dad says I'm going to marry yeah and that Amelia came out dad. of nowhere in the movie I was yeah. just like he's all I hate Amelia I'm going to burn all of her letters and then next well, thing you know I'm marrying Amelia well, certain people weren't exactly paying attention <laughs> oh, in the first half of the film got it. and if they had they might have noticed that George was being a schmuck for her throughout attention. the film I know yeah, no, I noticed schmuck. that but yeah, it, was, it was just like I would have really expected despite. him no see I would have expected One him to turn time, around and Okay, I'm first. I would have expected George to be like, screw you, Amelia. I'm going to marry some rich heiress from like some plantation in Jamaica. But and he, he was money. really into his honor. And so his dad suggesting that he marry this woman who uh, was African, I guess you would say, um, African descent. Yeah, I can't Creole say African-American. She was yeah. Creole, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that she, uh, that he would have perceived himself as being so much higher than her socially, and then the fact that she was acting towards him like, well, you know, you have enough money, so I'll lower myself to marry you, really offended him. He's all about this false sense of bravado and blah, blah, blah. So to him, he said, just and to show his dad, who is, again, questioning his honor and social status and blah, blah, blah. So then he says, screw you, and goes off and marries Amelia, which, you know, was maybe not the best decision. I don't know. Well, it looked up for him because he got killed. But well, he's dead. So. Yeah, screw right. him. Yeah, exactly. Nin, schmuck bastards. All yeah. Of them. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, can we talk about? Can we talk about? Yeah, Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. Okay, sure. Hot I can't hot. see you. Remember I, that. I, I'm just okay. I'm showing yeah. you a picture of Gabriel Byrne don't, right don't now. Don't show pictures. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, you'll have to look it up. No, I have to look at my boyfriend. Okay. Um, <laughs> One of well, my he was the, what, the Marques de something other. whatever de Stain. and, and um, he he wore some kind of crazy outfits himself <laughs> like very uh, both rich and eccentric looking I mean I found them very eccentric looking they didn't fit in with the other people I mean he was always wearing the really long coats and the you know really eg- exotic uh, outfits I mean they they well, just. He- I mean, he's a lot he, richer than anybody else, and also he's older. Yeah. So I wonder if it's trying to show. Yeah, him from I mean, there. he definitely set him apart. Sure, yeah. it visually set him apart, and I and I think it emphasized the fact that he's gonna do whatever he wants to do, and of course he tried to, and you know I think that that worked. You know, it definitely yeah. showed that he's somebody different. He's not yeah. like everyone else here. I'm looking at this uh, close-up picture of one of his outfits. Um, not even sure what scene it's in, but it's. It's totally, you know, Zari embroidery. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's this uh, waistcoat, mm-hmm. uh, black and With silver. silver embroidery all over it. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's pretty. Yeah. There's a lot list. of detail. That's one of those things. It has so much mm-hmm. detail. In, in the costumes, which, yeah. you know, just adds this. Okay, but I want to know what the heck was up with What's-Her-Face. Oh, my like God. Neck thing. So Lady Jane, yeah. uh, the who marries Sir Pitt the Younger, her mother-in-law, who is such a hilarious character. Her mother. Uh, His the, mother. Her, yeah. her mother, yeah. right. Yeah. So the mother-in-law. Wearing mm-hmm. this... She has this this very sort of chenille looking. I don't even. It remember. looks like a lay. It looks like a Hawaiian but lay. But you know, it reminds me of something fabric. you do like for like when you're five years old and the teacher gives you craft time to like make yeah. like a, a Christmas tree. Yeah, it looks decoration. like a lay. I think it was just supposed to be yeah. a decorative flower element. lay. But it it it's, so it's throughout dorky. the entire movie. No matter what yeah. she's wearing, she's got a color coordinated one. It yeah. just was a really odd thing. And then in morning, yeah. right? In she morning, she has a black one. one. Yeah. it's just so dorky. That's a fabulous dress, though. All right, thank you, Kendra. I will be explanational right now. Thank you. And making up words as well. Um, yes, when Amelia is very overjoyed to see that the piano has been brought back to her from the grave, <laughs> she's wearing this fabulous kind of lavender striped little frock that I think is beautiful and I was remarking upon it to myself kind of out loud so sorry 
Can't see the picture. Yeah. And what's nice about that, actually, I think that's one of the more historically accurate yeah. in yeah. that it's very, yeah. it, well, it's very 1820s. It's I have to before say, its time, but with all yeah. of the, the detailed piping right. trim on it. I really have to say that I liked a lot of Amelia's clothes. I thought her clothes were probably the most accurate out of everybody's. Um, I'm also thinking of the dress that she wears at the picnic that looks like it was made out of a sari. Um, a white dress with like, kind mm-hmm. of like a... That's a Vauxhall. Oh, Vauxhall, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's wearing, yeah, it's got like this little, you know, yeah. embroidery um, around the, the border of the skirt and on the sleeves. And I actually have, you know, a, a wool shawl from India that mm-hmm. has, you know, much the same sort of embroidery on it. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought, you know, that people would have bought those or, you know, oh, brought them did. back from exactly. India and made it. Yeah, and it's, it's extremely, dresses, yeah, yeah, it's extremely accurate. One yeah. thing I really like that she wears <laughs> is one of the early scenes when they first mm-hmm. come back from school and she's playing the piano and Becky is singing. And she gets up and she's wearing this little. Um, it looks like it's 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 a looks like a later variation of sort of a short gown, um, and it's it's this embroidered gown that's about hip length, and I think it's sleeveless, and she's wearing it over something else. But it's either that or it has a plain sleeve. Can't remember. But it's definitely looks like this sort of at home style. It's very interesting. You were remarking, Kendra, about the various time periods or lack of. Distinction in time. I was actually going to bring that up next. Yeah. Yeah. So the movie is supposed. It's the very early starts in 1802. Then we uh, when um, Becky looks like she's what 10 at most. Yeah. And then we jump forward to them leaving school. So she's got to be 16 to 18, right? Mm So we've so then we're 1800s. But then then we've got the Battle of Waterloo, and that's 1815. So that gives us another date. And then we jump forward after a couple of years of that because then the kid grows up, blah, blah, By the end scenes, they're probably in the 1830s is what I figured out when I'd done the math. And the outfits in the end scenes are weird. First off, yeah. Becky is in exactly the same clothes. If you look at the yeah. extras, they are in exactly the same high-waisted Regency styles. And Amelia has this crazy purple dress. Looks like a bustle gown. That looks kind of like a bustle gown. It has a little peplum in back. Mm-hmm. It, ha- it has like a natural early bustle gown. Like yeah. It's yeah. 70s it has a natural something. round waist. Yeah. The fitting is kind of off. It's actually kind of interesting, but it's so like not anything period accurate that I've ever seen that I always, when I get to that, I get so jarred. <laughs> and I spend the whole time looking at it and going, what the hell is she wearing? And it, and she's got random weird hair too that doesn't quite fit with yeah, whatever yeah. era the dress is supposed to go with. Yeah, it's and, a pretty dress, right? I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it's it, you know yeah. just take it outside of the movie, yeah. it's a pretty dress. And my guess is that probably Reese Witherspoon is still in high waisted dresses because she was pregnant and there was no way yeah. to put her in anything else. Um, but yeah. because the only scenes that they filmed when she wasn't pregnant, there's one scene where Rodden is putting her in a corset, and yeah. then the final scene where they're in India. Um, those are the only two that would that those were done later after she'd had a baby. Oh, okay, interesting. So I thought they were using like a body double for that corset scene. For some reason, <laughs> I was thinking like because they kept cutting to her back and you couldn't see anything from you know like uh-huh. reflection in the mirror because they were standing in front of a mirror. Yeah. So I was like, did they use like a body double for like that back lacing where he's like tugging on her corset, yeah. which is totally hot. Um, <laughs> but I also I wanted to just kind of you know bring up the fact that they did a really good job casting the kid. Oh yeah, we were we were really Both impressed with ages of the, yeah, uh, George yeah. of George George Jr. Junior, who was Jonathan yeah. Reese Myers. Son. Yeah, and it was it was just really good. I was like, oh, finally, somebody who casts a child that looks a lot like the actor that's yeah. supposed to resemble. You know? Yeah, so really. It's like some random shockingly. kid. It's like the guy will be like black hair, and then like his kid will be like blonde, yeah. with, like you know, green eyes or some weird stuff. Yeah, sure. Was, and especially, yeah. and I mean, I think both of them looked a lot like him, and I loved how the older one had that same sulky arrogance yes, and how he meets, oh God, yes. he meets Becky and asks mm-hmm. if he's like his father and she right. just says, very. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. She's so great at, yeah. at saying yeah. something and you know what she's, what she's of thinking. Course. Yeah, yeah, he, he does shit. really have that. Yeah. He, he acts the part. Um, so are, just kind of, uh, I guess to really wrap up at least the costume parts, um, are there any other Anything else that we've missed or haven't talked about in the costume? I, st- I still want to say that, like, the, the dress that I was the least impressed with was the ball gown that they wear in, in Brussels. And yeah. just the, the red spangly thing. And I yeah. I keep going back to it. I keep passing it a couple of different times in the book. And I'm, I'm looking at it just hating every second of it. Because, <laughs> like, there's all these fabulous dresses on the all the way around this and throughout the movie. And then there's, like, this weird, like, spangly, topped Regency gown that... Completely looks like a cabaret belly dance outfit for a pregnant woman. Although the one thing I'll throw in, the, the, the point of that scene is mm-hmm. it's to show, I mean, in Brussels, and again, some people may not have paid attention into the lead into this scene, I which I love you guys, I'm just no, making sure. No, you do um, not. You don't love me. I love them. You don't put out for me. I so do. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the point is that, um, that Becky is... Uh, 
she's all about being a social climber. And in Brussels, the rules are changed enough that she becomes, she is the talk of Brussels. She is the leading figure. Everybody wants to know her, especially the men, of course. So I think they're trying to put her in something that's, I mean, you got to say, I mean, the whole palette of the film is so bright. How do you top that? No, I get so I think it. That the, uh, no, I agree with I you. And it. I also think the dress is ugly, but that's what they're going for. And, One and thing also, is her hair. Her hair is fabulous. She yeah. has this basket oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. weaved, yeah. 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 like, sort of uh, thing that goes around her polo knot. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> sorry. And it is fabulous. And and the other thing about that scene, while while that move, that dress didn't bother me as much, because so many other people in that, in that whole ball are wearing... Crazy ass dresses and outfits. There's these old haggy women with <laughs> Lady Bear Acres. Oh, what a name! Bear Acres. Bear Acres. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see her Acres bear. Um, she's wearing freaking red feathered wings off her shoulders. Is what it looks like. Yeah. It's this, it's yeah. this That's collar. That's Lady Catherine de Bourgh. It's, it's a stand up collar that looks like a giant wing. It's Lady hideous. Now one thing you really it's, liked in that scene and you see it again in yeah. the scene where she goes to the Marcus of Stain's home yeah. and that is these um, I want to call them trains but they're sewn at the back of the neck. Yeah. They're um, like a veil. Almost. I miss the that. only The yeah. only reference I can get for them is there was a, a, a tweak style on the Roba La Francaise called the Robe à la Piemontaise that was named after some duchess or whoever of Piemontaise. And basically, it's like a Francaise, except that the the back pleats are not in, in one with the dress. They're actually a separate piece that hang from the yeah, neck and, and forms a that's train. Yeah, and that's what it looks like. These look like Regency gowns, basically, with just a veil sewn... Of a different color. Uh, of a different color, frequently. Right. And there were there were at least three of them in the ball scene. At that, least. That, at least three, probably more. more. But at least three that I saw immediately. And it's got this kind of veil thing like it might want to be a Francaise sort of thing. Uh, sewn at the back of the top of the neckline. And it just flows out behind them as they dance. And it's very pretty. It's weird, but it's pretty. Okay. Yeah. And and so that ball scene has a lot of weird costumes. So Becky's spangly thing <laughs> doesn't make me blink that much. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's a, it's a mask. Everyone wore weird shit in masks, you know, and that's... Although I don't think it's actually supposed it's not, to be a mask. Maybe it's not but... supposed to be a mask, but everyone's wearing weird shit, so... It should be a mask. It should be a mask. <laughs> um, so it, that one doesn't bother me that much, but, you right. know, I'll, I'll let it go. Uh, any I, other... I think the only other point I want to make actually comes back to the, the reinterpretations of, of Becky and giving her more... Uh, of a heart and that is there's a line that they discuss in the book that I really wish they had kept in where okay they're they're all giggling over boys um <laughs> but there's a there's a line where she has her big fight with Rodden after he catches her with the Marquis of Stain um that they cut out that I love where she says something about how one of us had to be bought and you let it be me mm-hmm. to Rodden mm-hmm. and I love that because I totally get where Rodden mm-hmm. is coming from but I also get where she's coming from. Yeah. Someone needs yeah. to put food on the table. Somebody yeah. needs to do something yeah. for this family. And he isn't doing it. Yeah. And, and I understand why he feels so betrayed by her. But I understand why she did what she did. Yeah. And why she felt like that, you know, she yeah. she loved him. And, and you know yeah. what I mean? She wasn't doing it. Yeah, I mean, he was gambling, and he was... She was know, gambling. She, yeah, she was she gambling was, with a different currency. Right. Yeah. But they were... And they were spending above their means, and, you know, they... You have to do what you have to do, and so right. she had. Well, know, and th- she had a li- more limited means of doing. Well, that's all she had. That's all yeah. that got her anywhere in life was exactly. her pluck. You know, exactly. To yeah. be cheesy about it, but that, yeah. that's all she had, and that and her looks. You right. know. So yeah, no, I, I I don't have any real problems with the changes that the, like the movie would have made from the book, although I'm not as you know hugely familiar with the book, but. You know, it worked for me. It worked. It definitely worked for me in the plot of it, the movie. It helps for me that I saw the movie before reading the book. So that always helps. So I wasn't hugely attached to the book, and mm-hmm. I'm sure some people were and went <gasps> yeah, when they saw the yeah, movie. And again, I think the fundamental thing with the costumes and the direction and all of that is that there was a very distinct vision that had a point, mm-hmm. yeah. and that they successfully achieved the vision. A, but B, the most important is that the vision actually had a point to do with the characters in the story. Exactly. It wasn't just there to be masturbatory. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, being that this is kind of Regency era, also uh, maybe Indian uh, fabrics and textiles, are there any uh, resources you want to recommend? I think... Well, other than the book. We, well, we should start with this. Flat, what, right, you know, so, the book yeah. is called uh, Vanity Fair, Bringing Thackeray's Timeless Novel to the Screen. Um, and basically, it's about a 
third or about a half of it is all uh, background. One of the most interesting things is there's um, reproduction of uh, all the emails that Mira and I are sent with to Julian Fellows, who was not the original scriptwriter, but ended up doing a lot of the major tweaks when she took over. And you really get a vision for what they were trying to accomplish. And then the second half is the screenplay. And I really recommend it. It's paperback, so it's not that expensive. I'm sure nowadays you can get it used. And a lot of really gorgeous stills from the film. Mm-hmm. A lot of very, very good stills. Yeah. Um, also, you know, our, our favorite resource online, um, The Costumer's Guide. Um, to movie costumes. To movie costumes. and Made uh, by Maggie. Maggie, yes, we love you. does have a section on Vanity Fair with lots <laughs> and of she lovely does. pictures. Yes, and she's got a lot of really good, um, you know, quality photos of, yes. of the various outfits worn by Reith Witherspoon uh, and all the others. Uh, I'm sorry, I wasn't saying uh, about Ruth, Ruth. I can't say her name. <laughs> That's why she's Because Absinthe ate my tongue, so <laughs> I cannot use it right now. And if we were all more organized and did not have, like, massively, hugely brain-sucking things going on in our lives, we would have a giant stack of other resources (laughs) about the Regency and about Indian fabrics and costumes and all that. But you know what? Watch a Jane Austen The fact that we're actually able to get together long enough to do this is a miracle. It's pretty damn amazing. So that's it for resources. And, and, you know, certainly if if anyone wants, I would love to talk about... uh, Indian textiles online because that's a huge mm-hmm. topic of you interest know, to me. Interestingly and enough, you have yeah, some, I know I you have, have some resources too. Well, and then, um, so that yeah. that would be something that would be great to, I would to say, discuss. On, I can on throw out another journal. resource. Actually, I just realized I could throw out another resource right here. Um, professor, a professor of mine when I was studying at UC Davis um, had written a book called *The Shining Cloth*. Her name is Victoria Z. Rivers. I've heard, I've yeah, heard great and uh, she was book. she's fabulous, and, and she's the head of the design department at UC Davis, and that's yeah. actually a very good book for learning about a lot of the um, Indian textiles mm-hmm. up close. It's like total fabric porn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's amazing um, the photos in the book, and they're actually a lot of them. Um, I believe are from her personal collection, so she's got a pretty yes. amazing collection of fabrics. It puts mine to shame. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, the Shining Cloth by Victoria Rivers. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we've covered. This movie, definitely. We have. And uh, we're not going to make any promises about when or what the could next one will be. Gone with the Wind could be something Restoration Era. We're it, not sure it, yet. It, it, no, could, be it could be in, Velvet Goldmine. It, it could be in a month. It could be in a year. We're not right. saying we're going to keep you on tenterhooks. And you're just going to have to tune in, and uh, we'll, keep, we'll keep in touch online. Check out our live journal at livejournal.com slash frockflicks. Or frockflicks.livejournal.com. Yeah, that would probably work, too. I think they both work, actually. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, let us know what you think of this one. Uh, let us know what other movies you'd like to see. Uh, and um, keep us uh, apprised of your opinions. We love your opinions. We do. All right, so that's, uh, I think that's another one in the can. Yep, thanks for listening. So long. Bye. Bye! (laughs) Okay, for those of you guys, can I just explain? Can I just explain? People who don't understand what that's from, it is from the second Black Adder series. It is Queenie. Queenie uses it in the very final episode, and she basically, it's a big running gag in the entire movie. So that's where it comes from. And once you get it, it makes sense. Yes. I didn't get it before, which is why I picked <laughs> on poor Sarah about it. Because I, I was like, why are you doing this it. random valley girl thing? I thought it was great. Anyways, anyway, so okay. we're glad to have it back. Thanks. Yes. Bye. 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 <laughs>